Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Once again, during this fall member drive, we're doing the best of Access Utah. Today, our focus is on the arts and music. And in this program, we'll hear excerpts from conversations with Michael Ballum with the Utah Festival Opera and Musical Theater, Amy Anderson with Sunshine Terrace Foundation in Logan, and with the composer and performer Kurt Bester. We're going to hear some great music as well. Our special guest for the hour is Craig Jessup, music director of the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra, previously a music director of Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square, and uh, former dean of the USU Kane uh, College of the Arts. And of course, we will be um, uh, looking for your membership, your donation to Utah Public Radio. Uh, so, Craig Jessup, uh, welcome to the program. Good morning, Tom. Great to be with you again. Good. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to be with us. And uh, wish you could be in studio, but we're being careful during these pandemic times. So uh, it's good uh-huh. to hear your voice. Well, good to hear yours. And I think it's the wise way to do things right now. That's right. That's right. Uh, let's uh, right off the top. Let's uh, give some exciting uh, news. Uh, Vince and Gina Wickwar, uh, you, you recall those names? Uh, um, good friends, loyal Cash Valley listeners, uh, will be matching all pledges made today up to two thousand dollars. So, your donation is doubled today. Vince Wickwar is wow. with uh, USU Center for Atmospheric and Space Sciences, and you know Gina Wickwar from UPR Commentaries that she contributes. So that'll help us to get to our daily goal of 7000 get us back on track to reaching our overall $50,000 uh, goal. So Gina and, and, and Vince put up $2,000, and your money is doubled up to $2,000. That, that's, that's pretty exciting. That's very exciting. That's just wonderful for them to do that. Congratulations. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, here's how you reach us. Uh, you can call us at 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. And Dr. Jessup, because this program is repeated in the evening, I always have to give the caveat that if you're listening in the evening, uh, don't call. But <laughs> if you're listening right now, 800-826-1495. But anytime, you can go online to upr.org, upr.org. Um, so before we jump into some great conversation and, and music, uh, Craig Jessup, you're, uh, you know, you've run big organizations and uh, had to go out and raise funds. Uh, you're a member of uh, UPR. What? Why should people give? Well, I think it's such a strong, reliable source for good information, uh, objective inf- information on a wide variety of topics. It covers uh, politics. Uh, it covers uh, the arts, all of the arts, education, all the various facets of education. It's a constant for me in my car. I'm not going anywhere without listening to Utah Public Radio. And throughout the day, there's such diverse uh, topics that are discussed. And I've had more than one what they call driveway moment when I could not get out of the car till I finished the program. I wanted to hear how it how it happened, how it ended. So uh, I'm a, a great fan and thoroughly believe in the mission, the purpose, and the service of Utah Public Radio to our community here. Well, thank you, uh, Craig Jessup. Uh, uh, UPR.org is a place to reach us. Just takes a couple of minutes. Uh, on the front page there, there's a, the donate button and that takes you to the pledge form. Just takes a couple minutes to fill that out. UPR.org. Whatever you feel comfortable with, 
And uh, don't forget your uh, your dollars are doubled uh, today by Vincent Gina Wickwar. Thanks to them. That's up to $2,000. That's uh, all day until we get to that 2000 Or you can call us, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. And um, thank you in advance. That'll help us to reach our daily goal of $7,000. Our overall goal is $50,000. We're a little behind on that, so it'll help us to catch up. And just a couple more days to, to reach that. Um, so, uh, Craig Jessup, um, in, when was it? Uh, pull this up here. In April, uh, we reached out to uh, several arts organizations to talk about how uh, the, the coronavirus pandemic was affecting them. And uh, I was struck by, I'm usually struck by comments from, uh, from Michael Ballam. He's usually very upbeat <laughs> and a, an ingestion of, uh, uh, of uh, injection of optimism. And that's what struck me listening to this almost six months later. Uh, you'll hear him uh, talk about how he didn't know, hadn't made the decision yet on whether the season for Utah Festival Opera and Musical Theater had been canceled. We know it was. But then he talks about the the uh, future further out. Um, so one one caveat here: uh, the phone line wasn't all the best, but I think we can understand him. Here's Michael Ballum from uh, April on Access Utah. Just wanted to go around the the panel to to start and uh, just talk about what arts does for people. And and you might think, well, arts is uh, you know a lower priority, but uh, maybe it's especially important in these times. We have certainly discovered that. The, uh, the information that's coming to us from our fans, uh, they need us. They need us badly, and we're in a wonderful position. I'm more excited than I've been in years about the potential of what we can do. We've, uh, well, you know, in the Sunday in the Park with George, the first line is, the wonderful thing about a white canvas is there are so many possibilities. And this challenge that we've gone through has wiped the slate clean, and we have so many wonderful opportunities to use creativity to get us back influencing people's lives. If one thing that we have discovered with all of this is people want to get together and see an artistic experience. When that will happen, we'll find out mm-hmm. as time goes on, but we do know how important it is for the quality of life for people. I was pleased when the governor said in a, one of his speeches last week, go out and get season tickets for next year. That pleased me that he would recognize how important it is for people's lives. That's, uh, that's the way people can help, I guess, uh, their, their favorite arts organization. Get, get tickets. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, Michael, I'll ask each of our panelists here uh, this same question. So a follow-up. So art's important in people's lives. People are craving it and needing it, but... Arts usually means that we gather together, and in a time of social distancing. So, how do you how do you work through that? Uh, are we going to be able to have a season of Utah Festival Opera and Musical Theater? Well, that remains to be seen. The paramount issue for me it's about people more than economics. I want to make absolutely sure that if we bring people together, they will be safe, because we love our artists and we love our patrons. And that is supreme in my mind. Uh, the financial matters are another issue. But making sure people are safe is paramount. So we have not made an absolute decision yet. But overriding everything is for people to be safe in coming to 
meet together. Mm -hmm. I've never watched so many operas in my life. (laughs) Uh, But alone in... uh, on television, the Mets broadcasting, and I've watched Broadway shows that are being broadcast. That's a lovely substitute. It's really lovely to see an Aida on television. Uh, how much better it is if you can see it in person. So we look forward to the day when we can get together in person and share the experience. Well, I have to follow up. What What's your playlist for, for these times? What do you... <laughs> Somebody sitting at home can can watch an opera. What do you what do you suggest? Uh, I've watched everything the Met has set out. Uh, you know, every night they they stream another opera. I haven't seen all of them, but I it was wonderful for me to see the Wagner Ring, and I sat through Parsifal with no intermission, and I was in heaven. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a real opera fan. Sit through Parsifal for no no, no intermission. Yeah, all right. I almost started it over and watched it again. <laughs> well, we're at the end of our uh, segment here. Uh, we appreciate you very much. And uh, Michael Ballum, founding director of Utah Festival Opera and Musical Theater. Um, you're 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 still planning on a season, right? Uh, I'm more excited than I've been in years for the future. Yeah. As for our season this year, that that's a moving target. Mm-hmm. But I think we have an opportunity here to really grow and be creative, adjust and adapt and improvise. So there's Michael Ballum. Uh, that's in April. Of course, we know that the, uh, the the season for Utah Festival Opera and Musical Theater was canceled uh, this year and many other arts organizations' seasons and looking forward to next year and, and doing some creative things. Uh, Craig Jessup, I, I love the, the optimism there, the, the, uh, you know, the glass half full, that we, we can find new ways. Absolutely. And, and this is a really classic Michael. He has always been an optimist. It takes an optimist to build the organization that Michael has built, the Utah Festival Opera and Musical Theater. It's really an incredible uh, asset to our community, both uh, uh, culturally and even summer economically for our community as well. And it takes an optimist, a, a person of vision and endless energy, and he's going stronger than ever. I've I met Michael Ballum at Providence Junior High. When oh, really? <laughs> I was in the, when I was in the eighth grade, and he was in the seventh, and uh, we just shadowed each other through our, our entire careers. We both we were double cast in the leads of musicals at Skyview High School, attended Utah State together, and we both have stayed our entire careers in music. Michael, of course, in opera, first as a performer around the nation, and then here as the general director, the music director of the Utah Festival Opera and founder. And I went the conducting route, and uh, we've been both very, very fortunate and had an incredible foundation right here in uh, Cache Valley and at Utah State University. Mm. Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, We're very fortunate to have both of you here. Um, So... uh, when we talked previously, uh, we, we did a little uh, intermission conversation when we did Christmas in July, when we played some uh, Christmas concerts yes. uh, with the uh, American Festival Chorus and Orchestra. Um, you talked about some creative things the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra was, was doing, um, electronic performances, that kind of thing. You're, I guess you're looking for ways to, to get the music out. We are. We're right in the middle of it right now as we speak. In fact, last night I had a Zoom rehearsal 
with the sopranos and altos of the American Festival Chorus, preparing to record uh, on on their on their cell phones. They'll record themselves singing, and we're creating two virtual concerts, uh, two of our traditional concerts that we've had from the very beginning. We have our annual Veterans Day concert that will be uh, released to the public on November 11th, and we'll have our annual Christmas concert as well. And this will involve, of course, the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra. Uh, the Cash Children's Choir will join us on um, a Veterans Day concert. The USU Women's Chorus will be joining us on both concerts and some other special guests. And, uh, you know, you we you have to be flexible and respond to the conditions of the time. And quite frankly, we're having a wonderful time. The women's chorus, we're rehearsing in a tent out on the quad in front of the library, the engineering quad. And uh, the acoustic is really very, very nice. Uh, we wear our masks. We're out in the open air. Uh, we only sing for 30 minutes, but they've, we've made rehearsal tapes that they rehearse on their own. So we're, necessity is the mother of invention, and we're uh, trying some very new things for us. Not new. This, is, this technology has been out there a while, virtual choirs. It's the first time I've ever been involved, or we as an organization have been involved, and I think you're going to be really quite surprised and quite pleased with the quality of the work. Yeah, we'll look forward to that. By the way, I, I was—I I know where that tent is. I, I was walking past the other day, and uh, uh, some group was in there rehearsing. Um, and uh, I, I thought, well, this there, there's another glass half full thing. We wouldn't have that, right? We wouldn't have a tent on the mini quad with people outside uh, uh, performing. Um, you know, if it weren't in a pandemic. So that's that's, that's absolutely right. Our new dean, Dean Nardo, and. And Thomas, the director of production for services, the King College of the Arts purchased this tent specifically for this time. But I think it's going to have a long, a very fruitful life. And I agree, it's just really wonderful. And every Wednesday evening, the music department is putting on a, a one-hour concert of fairy ensembles as well, as long as the weather permits. So it's a brand new asset that we may not have had that except for the. Uh, extremities of this time we're living in. Yeah, find new ways. Uh, we are exactly. raising raising money for Access Utah and for Utah Public Radio, and uh, Craig Jessup, who's director of the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra, is with us. And exciting news, uh, $2,000 is on the table, dollar-for-dollar match from Vince and Gina Wickwar. So your pledge is doubled today. If you pledge $100, it's doubled to $200. Um, and, and so forth and so on. That's up to $2,000 all through the day. And uh, thank you to Vince and Gina. Uh, so we hope you'll take advantage of this. And we did have a call here a couple minutes ago from uh, Catherine McNabb in River Heights, uh, who has had her money doubled now. Uh, thank you, Catherine. Appreciate that. Uh, keep those coming. Join your sport with Catherine's with uh, Vince and Gina's and uh, help us to meet our goals here and pay for, for the programs like Access Utah. Um, so before we go to break, uh, Craig Jessup, I want to hear a little bit of music. We've got uh, several pieces queued up. Um, 
we we had you uh, in June, had you on a fun program. You developed a what we called a pandemic playlist, uh, some uh, some yeah. mu- music for the <laughs> for the pandemic. Uh, you had some fun uh, selections. Uh, the song "Smile," uh, you know, for obvious reasons, I guess. Um, yeah. "Wade in the Water" was a, was a wonderful selection. Um, but this one um, appeared on your playlist, and I know, I know you programmed this on several concerts, including uh, the Christmas concerts. Uh, Bogorodizia of uh, Rachmaninoff. I want to play this, but uh, set this up. Tell us about this and, and why you love this piece. Well, this is one of the great uh, a cappella choral works of the 20th century, Sergei Rachmaninoff, Russian composer. And he took the music from the liturgy of the Russian Orthodox Church, many of the chants they use, and set this service. It's called an all night vigil. I think there are 11 movements of it, all a cappella. And I first had the opportunity of performing this and learning it and, and recording it with Robert Shaw and the Robert Shaw Festival Singers on the Tellart label, and it, it received a Grammy for it's just pure spirit. It's so soothing, comforting, and goes right to the heart. And the Borgodizie. Uh, is essentially um, Hail Mary, full of grace, blessed art thou, and the fruit of thy womb, from the book of Luke. And uh, it's often associated with the Christmas time, although it's always associated with this evening service of the Russian Orthodox Church. Imagine in a great cathedral, all in candlelight, and hearing this incredible music. It's soul-stirring. Well, let's hear it. Uh, this is from a, a Christmas concert with American Festival Chorus and Orchestra. So it's the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra, led by Craig Jessup. Uh, here's uh, Rachmaninoff's Bogorodizie.
So beautiful music of Rachmaninoff, performed there by American Best, of course, an orchestra led by Craig Jessup. We have Craig Jessup on the phone here. Uh, that's it, it. It it creates quite the mood, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's magnificent music, and I would recommend the entire sitting down and listening to the entire work. And I would recommend Robert Shaw and the Robert Shaw Festival Singers on the Telarc label. It's just it's heavenly. Mm. So, Craig Jessup, uh, before we go to a break, uh, of course, our main focus today is uh, raising money for UPR. Um, and uh, so we got this exciting uh, listener challenge, Vince and Gina Wickler doubling uh, your money. Um, I, you know, I think uh, some listeners might notice that, uh, boy, whether I give or not, the UPR steam seems to continue. <laughs> In the face of that, why should people give? Because uh, I think it's a shared community treasure, and that uh, those of us who use it as a source of information and uh, entertainment uh, and informants, uh, we all ought to do our part in raising this public asset, in raising money for this public asset, so that we all feel a part, a part of it and that we have made our contribution. Uh, it's commercial-free. Uh, it's all about providing information on the whole gamut of subjects. And I think what I love about this opportunity to give is it's part of being involved as a community and sharing and supporting this resource together. In fact, I'm going to do what I've done in past years. I want to challenge the members of the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra, and all of the staff and faculty and students of the King College of the Arts to join in. I don't think it's so much about the amount you give as that you give, because collectively we can make a huge impact, and especially on this day at this time when we can double our effort. So if I put in one dollar, it's worth two. If I put in a hundred, it's worth two hundred. So I want to challenge all my friends uh, in the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra, the King College of the Arts, uh, and every m- a member of our community. This is a great opportunity to double the impact you can make for Utah Public Radio. And Utah Public Radio goes to every corner of the state of Utah. It's unique in that it serves the most remote regions of our state, as well as the very populous areas. We're very, very fortunate to have it. It's a, it's a great honor for USU to have this resource here. So take up the challenge. Renee and I will send in our contribution uh, immediately. And uh, please join, join us in keeping this great institution healthy and alive to continue to serve our needs. Well, thank you so much. Uh, uh, Craig and Renee Jessup have done their part, and their money's doubled. Uh, he's issued the challenge to members of the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra, anybody working with the Kane College of the Arts at USU, and uh, just anybody in the communities around uh, Utah. So thanks for that. Here's the way you reach us, upr.org, upr.org. Uh, fill out the online form just a couple of minutes, upr.org, or you can call 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. And your money is doubled with this listener challenge from Vince and Gina Wickwar. We're going to take a break now. We'll come back with more. 
Support for Utah Public Radio's debunked podcast comes from our members and Regents Blue Cross Blue Shield of Utah, working to transform healthcare from the inside out and helping members navigate the healthcare system by avoiding confusion, waste, and red tape. Information at regents.com/member/home. This is Science by the Slice. Among the challenges of meeting the energy demands of portable devices, electric vehicles and alternative energy storage is creating safer, more affordable, and more effective batteries. USU chemists are developing emerging aqueous organic redox flow battery technology to meet these needs. The technology addresses such challenges as unstable grid energy from solar and wind sources, along with frequent charging and discharging. This segment of Science by the Slice is brought to you by the USU College of Science, offering degree programs in the sciences and mathematics. Details at usu.edu science. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're doing Best of Access Utah during the Fall Member Drive. We're hearing some great music, focusing on the arts uh, today. And our special guest for the hour is Craig Jessup, who's music director of the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra. And uh, the big news here uh, this morning is uh, Vincent Gina Wickwar put up $2,000 on a dollar-per-dollar match. And so until that 2000 is exhausted, your money is doubled today doubled. That's exciting. Um, included in that is uh, Craig and Renee Jessup, who, who've done their pledge, so their money's doubled. Um, and um, so, uh, Dr. Jessup, you're, you're challenging, uh, I guess, members of the arts community uh, here to, to join you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, not only the arts community, the entire community. Uh, we all benefit from this outstanding public radio that's part belongs to us we the people and uh it's not driven by commercial interests at all it's uh driven by the pursuit of excellence and understanding and knowledge and truth wherever we might find it uh so i i can't think of a better way and just just uh think if you could give a hundred dollars Immediately, that is $200. Uh, so I think it's inc- incredibly wonderful of uh, your donors to make this challenge and something we shouldn't let this opportunity pass us by. Here, here. Uh, thank you for that. And here's the contact points. Uh, UPR.org, our website, our secure server there. You can take care of that at, on our webpage, UPR.org, or you can call 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Uh, so, Craig, just uh, periodically, I, I think you, our listeners know, we do, about quarterly, we do a uh, nonprofit spotlight. Uh, we feel it's important to... Uh, you know, support uh, the the community of organizations and individuals who do so much good, and uh, usually have with me on those occasions uh, Amy Anderson, who is director of outreach for Sunshine Terrace Foundation and spiritual counselor with Sunshine Hospice in Logan, and she's been involved in nonprofit work uh, I think her entire career. 
so just a little, about a minute and a half uh, from uh, one, one of these programs we did in September of last year uh, really struck me, and it has a special resonance for the times we're living in right now. So let's hear this, Amy Anderson. Before we go to break, Amy, I wonder, I mean, you, you worked in nonprofits, right? I mean, that your life, um, uh, it's a program like this is just a shot in the arm to me. I don't know if you feel the same way to just because the news is pretty depressing. It is. It is. And to hear about all the good that's done and just the fact that, you know, like Peggy called in, just people who keep their eyes open, see the need and step in to do something is pretty remarkable. I mean, that's that's what I've always valued about living here in Cache Valley is that innate desire to help one another, to to lift each other up, to really be a community of support. And yes, the news today can be very depressing. So it is it's great to hear about all these people who are, are willing to help out and reach out to their neighbors. I guess the other factor that I feel sometimes is I'm powerless. You know, I can't control the news. <laughs> but but in <laughs> essence, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but in essence, uh, you know, we can control what happens in our communities. You know, jump into action. Do some good. Right? Do some good. Absolutely. And it's and it's easy. And you know, I think as we've heard, there's so many different programs available. Whether you have 15 minutes or 15 hours, there's always an opportunity to to reach out and do something for someone else. And I know, as as Kathy mentioned, we we gain more often than we feel like we're giving when we when we reach out and do something because we get the benefit of those relationships and. You know, the opportunity to get to know somebody else, thats I think that's what human human nature is all about. It's that interconnectivity. It's, it's finding that common ground with somebody else. Yeah, I find that so uplifting, uh, especially when you get depressed, uh, you know, we're all watching and reading the news, to, to remember um, that, uh, we, you know, we can shake ourselves out of that by reaching out. And especially important during these pandemic times when we're, you know, maybe isolated, um, reach out and do something for someone else, and that'll that'll lift you up. Um, I'm not sure. We do, we may have dropped to Dr. Jessup. Uh, Dr. Jessup, are you I, there? I, I, I say that one more time, Tom. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. All right. Um, so uh, I I I was saying that uh, I agree wholeheartedly with that, what Amy Anderson was saying there that uh, we can kind of shake ourselves out of isolation by reaching out and, and, and helping someone else. I totally, I totally agree. And when we all join hands together, as I've said before, we can do so much more uh, collectively, and then it's not a great burden on any one person. We share this, this responsibility together. Uh, and not only responsibility, this opportunity to keep this wonderful resource going in our community. So again, I, I extend my challenge to my colleagues in American Festival Chorus and Orchestra and King College of the Arts and the other uh, greater arts community in Cache Valley to join us in making this gift possible. And uh, we, we support, of course, uh, giving of, of all kinds, reaching out and helping of all kinds in the community. And we, we just hope that UPR is in there somewhere. Uh, by the way, we have $800 uh, remaining from the Vincent Gina Wickwar Challenge, uh, so we're making some progress on that, and that makes Vincent Gina happy, I'm sure. Uh, they're putting it up for that purpose, but uh, 800 remaining for your dollars to be uh, doubled uh, here with this uh, listener challenge. 
this morning. Uh, so we hope you'll take advantage of that. 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, or upr.org, upr.org. Uh, so, Dr. Justin, I'd like to um, I'd like to turn to the, our Christmas in July concerts. That was a fun uh, a, a fun broadcast, a couple of broadcasts. Uh, we did that one on the twenty fourth of July, one on the thirty first, uh, Fridays, and these were concerts. I think from 2015, 2016, um, from the Ellen Echoes Theater in in Logan, led by you, of course. Um, one of those concerts uh, featured. Um, Jenny Oaks Baker and Jenny Jordan and Kurt Bester. Um, and I had occasion preparing for these broadcasts to reach out to the, these artists, had some fun conversations with them. Um, and uh, let's just hear about a minute from my conversation with Kurt Bester, talking about the art of arranging. You mentioned arranging. I was going to ask you about arranging. As I've been listening to this concert from 2015 again, um, it features several numbers with your arrangements. Uh, it struck me what an art arranging is. I wonder if you talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, arranging, I kind of refer to it as, as uh, composing with a head start. But it's, it's, it's more than that now that I really think about it. You know, you're working with somebody else's nugget, some, something that people are familiar with. These songs, I know what they sound like. People know what they sound like. My job is to kind of turn them slightly upside down and and surprise people with unique uh, chords or uh, just a unique treatment. Sometimes taking a pop song and putting it over a baroque kind of fiddle thing. I mean, I've done all kinds of stuff like that, and um, I find it a, a really a, it's become a thing for me. I get I'm known now for arranging, and I arrange for quite a few people uh, besides Jenny and 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 Jenny who are on our program. So um, yeah, it's uh, it it is a unique craft and i'm glad i get to do it because it's fun to do that's i'm continually fascinated by this art of arranging um and and uh craig jessup you you've been associated with uh, one of our master arrangers right mac wilberg i have i i i've been so uh fortunate to be around these very very gifted uniquely gifted individuals like Mac, I'd put Mac right at the top. I'd put Kurt Bester right at the top. And my years with the Air Force Band, a man by the name of Michael Davis, another genius when it comes to arranging. And uh, I've been able to turn to my friends uh, like these gentlemen uh, countless times. And the magic they work on our, our upcoming uh, Veterans Day uh, virtual concert Christmas Kurt, again, has written some beautiful things for us. We went to Stephen Nelson, who's a music director and uh, accompanist for Gentry, and he does all of their arrangements. He's written the most beautiful piece for orchestra and choir called Soon that will premiere on our uh, concert on November 11th. And I'm in awe at their ability. It's a skill that I've never had. But I've been able to be surrounded by those who can, and I, I'm always so impressed by the ideas that come out of their souls, out inside of their minds, and their their emotional life. Uh, it's rich, and and the variety is so inspiring to me. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Stephen Nelson. He's a very talented young uh, composer and arranger, and uh, the, yeah, he's associated with Gentry. 
Uh, so I want to I want to give an example here. This is an example of what a good arranger can do. This is Kurt Bester's arrangement, I believe, of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. This is from that 2015 concert from American Fest, of course, and orchestra. And uh, you hear some violin, Jenny Oaks Baker, but the, the, the main person featured here is uh, Jenny Jordan, uh, who's just a, a stupendous talent. Um, but uh, I, I just... Uh, I'm I'm just amazed by what Kirk Bester uh, has done here. Let's let's hear this. Uh, o come, O come, Emmanuel.
Well-deserved applause there for O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Uh, you heard the violin of Jenny Oaks Baker, the vocal vocals of uh, Jenny Jordan. It's an arrangement of Kurt Bester, and that's on the 2015 uh, Christmas concert from American Festival Chorus and uh, Orchestra. Uh, Craig Jessup conducting there. So, Craig Jessup, I guess if you're an absolute traditionalist, you, you may not like that, but I, I, <laughs> I can't imagine that. That's just that's just so effective. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it, and I think it's a wonderful new contemporary take on an ancient, ancient tune. Uh, and it speaks to a whole variety of people. Uh, it brought back a lot of memories to me. I, it's been a long time since I've heard it. I, I think it's terrific and showcases those two women in such a great way uh, with the artistry of Kurt Bester arranging for them. Thanks for playing it. Yeah, that was, uh, the, the, as I said, a lot of fun to do those Christmas in July uh, concerts. That's, you know, one way to get creative and uh, get that music out. Um, so, uh, meanwhile, back at the pledge drive here, the member drive, um, we'd, we've uh, had some great uh, pledges come in, including um, Craig and Renee Jessup. Thank you to you guys. Um, thanks to Sarah Salzberg in Hiram. Thank you very much. Thank you to Michael Bingham from uh, Jump the Moon. Uh, he says, huge thanks to Tom and Craig for what uh, you bring to the community. You're both treasures. Well, uh, I'll, uh, I'll uh, second, thank that you, on, Michael. second that on behalf of Craig. Uh, so thank you very much, Michael. Uh, and I, and I on behalf of Tom. Okay, very good. Um, and we have had uh, a pledge uh, now come in from uh, River Heights from Barb Ferris. Thanks, Barb. Appreciate that. She says she's uh, taking advantage of this challenge. So we hope you'll you'll do so as well. Uh, Vince and Gina Wickwar have put up uh, $2,000, dollar-for-dollar match. Your your uh, dollars are doubled. Uh, f- about 20 minutes ago, we, I got a note that we had $800 remaining from that. That's, of course, been probably chipped away, but still, I think, money remaining you, to for your money to be doubled uh, here this morning from Vince and Gina Wickwar. And uh, we appreciate it very much. Uh, So let's go to another break. We'll come back with a final uh, segment following this. Utah Public Radio programming is supported by our members and USU's Master of Second Language teaching program, accepting applications throughout the year and offering evening classes to part- and full-time graduate students. Funding available on a competitive basis. For more information, visit mslt.usu.edu. Utah State University's History Department presents the Voting Rights 1870, 1920, 1965, and 2020 Symposium web broadcast series beginning Thursday, September 17th with author of One Person, No Vote, Carol Anderson, professor of African American Studies at Emory University. Registration for this virtual symposium found at history.usu.edu Voting Rights Symposium. Thanks for joining us for Access Utah. We've reached our last segment with Craig Jessup, uh, director of the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra. And we are raising money for Utah Public Radio for Access Utah. And uh, to help us, Vince and Gina Wickwar have put up $2,000. Uh, these are good friends, loyal Cache Valley listeners. Uh, Vince is uh, with USU Center for Atmospherics and Space Sciences. And you know Gina Wickwar from UPR Commentary. She contributes. So two thousand yep. dollars, and we still got some of that money left to double your pledge. Your pledge, whatever amount is doubled this morning, upr.org, upr.org, or 
Uh, Craig Jessup and his wife have uh, have contributed, and uh, Craig, you're you're challenging everyone in the community, I believe. I am. Uh, this is such a great deal. Let's not let it pass to double that contribution. Uh, I I think it's incredibly generous of them. Now I went online while we've been talking, and it's very easy. Uh, rather than to write a check, I we just went online and pop. It was it was done, and so much value for. I mean, if you break that down to 365 days, uh, it's just pennies a day for some of you to give to support this great organization. So I know I listen to Utah Utah Public Radio virtually every day, several times of the day, each day of the year. And uh, I want to do my part to keep this going, keep it alive. Well, thank you very much. Uh, the place people can go is upr.org, upr.org, or 800-826-1495 is the, is the phone number, 800-826-1495. We want to take care of all of this. Advantage of all this, I meant to say $2,000. Uh, have your money uh, doubled. Um, we've had a call now from uh, Stuart and Cindy Collier in St. George. Thank you so much. They say we appreciate the beautiful music and news provided on UPR. Thank you for that. Well, Craig, I want to finish. We want to, with some music of Corn Gold. Um, uh, we won't be able to hear all of this, but at least we'll get uh, a, a big portion of this. Uh, the segue is a little bit uh, tortured. Uh, so we did a program uh, just a couple of weeks ago featuring artists that were prefer, uh, performing at the Moab Music Festival. And we talked with violinist Charles Yang, a very engaging uh, young man, um, and on that occasion, we played a bit of uh, a performance he made of the uh, Korngold Violin Concerto. Um, that made me think of, of Die Todesstadt, one of my favorite works. I think Korngold is just so underrated. Uh, he, he was forced to flee. I, uh, yeah, go ahead. I totally agree. I totally agree, and I'm so thrilled you're bringing his work here to this program. He's totally under underrated, and such a pillar, such an outstanding composer of his generation. Uh, he was a wunderkind, uh, had, had, you know, had an opera at the age 11 or something. Uh, he was forced to flee uh, Hitler's Germany, and he came, came to the U.S. and made a career as a film composer. And so that's wonderful. We have all those great scores. Um, but yeah. I, I kind of wonder what, what might have been if he'd have stayed in opera. Uh, anyway, I want to hear uh, just uh, as much as we can here from uh, just a beautiful, haunting aria it's uh, called Marietta's Lied, Marietta's Song, um, from Die Todesstadt, the dead city. And a man is torn between his, uh, his dead wife, who he keeps a temple of memories to, and then this dancer who comes and, and sort of tempts him. That's Marietta. Um, here's Renee Fleming uh, singing, uh, and we'll get as much of this in as we can. Music for Korngold. Thank you. 
Boy, I want to hear the rest of that, but we don't, <laughs> don't have time. Um, so that's from Korngold's opera, Die Todesstadt, uh, The Dead City, Marietta's lead. That's Renee Fleming from a Met uh, Gala. Um, and, uh, boy, that's just uh, it's one reason I'm an opera fan. You, 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 <laughs> you get a very special feeling from, from some, of those, uh, some of that music. Um, it doesn't get any better than Renee Fleming. Yeah, that's true. And, and, <laughs> and Korngold, I mean, that's... Just remarkable artistry on both, and both from both people. And so, just representative of some of the things we bring you here on Utah Public Radio, um, I just want to uh, mention uh, uh, we got an email from Mon Gregory in Southern Utah. He says, "I was happy to donate earlier in the drive. Uh, thanks for that, Mon. But since you're talking about music, please give a plug for UPR Two, which I love. He says, a wonderful 24-hour classical music service." And uh, yes, thank you for that reminder, Mon. Uh, so if you go to our website and uh, click on Listen Live, you'll have two options. One is the regular service. The other is we, we call UPR2, and that's a 24-hour classical music service. And uh, so you can, you, can get, uh, you, you can consume that 24 hours a day, and your uh, pledge right now helps to support that service as well. Um, so, uh, Craig Jessup, I guess your your final appeal here. We just have a minute here to to your fellow listeners. Why should they give? Well, because of this incredible resource in our community that serves all of us, commercial free, and uh, with such a diverse uh, expanse of knowledge and cultural uh, offerings as well. Why would you not want to help to contribute to this? and uh, spread the word and, and give this opportunity to bring even more programming to help us in our community. And the fact that we can double our pledge, whatever it might be, that rarely comes around. So I urge all of my colleagues, again, in the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra, King College of the Arts, and all of our community, please give to UPR and double the value of your gift right now. You can go to upr.org to do that, upr.org, or 800-826-1495. Our, our big thanks to Stuart and Cindy Collier in St. George. They say we appreciate the beautiful music and news provided by UPR. 
Um, and um, our thanks to J- David G. Taze in Salt Lake City. He says, big thanks to Tom Williams for interviewing me when my debut novel came out. And he says, I challenge all Utah authors to make a donation. Uh, so here, here. And your money is doubled, of course, 800-826-1495 or upr.org. Well, Craig, uh, Jessup, it's been so wonderful to spend the, the morning with you, enjoying some music and conversation. I appreciate all you do. Thank you, Tom. Honored to be with you, and thank you, Tom, for all you do for us here through UPR. We're grateful to you. Well, thank you very much, and thanks for everyone who has contributed today, and thanks for listening to Access Utah. Utah Public Radio is a statewide, member-supported service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSU FM Logan, UPR.org, and the UPR app.